peak stock market time, like right when everything's hitting the top. <laughs> Dude, you called Wall Street, you called uh, GME stock. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we were doing Dude, you called GME stock well, a week before. It was, well, it was just like all I was seeing everywhere was people talking about it. So everyone was like, buy in now or don't buy in. And I was like, here we go. We're just doing it. It was already like, ten, it, it, it already like 10x. It was like four, it was like $4 a month or two months before that. And by the time I bought in, it was at $40. Oh my God. And then God. I sold at like 200 something. <laughs> we were just, but I was just fucking with it too. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this I is just a game based on like social media hype. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Board with Nelly podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Steve. Steve, welcome. Thank you. Um, what is your background, like, career-wise? Um, background career-wise, I develop software. I own rental properties. I renovate a little bit. And now we're leading a company that provides tools for software streamers. You're uh, an interesting man because I, I think about a, a year ago, I asked you like, you know, what are you doing? And you're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of retired. <laughs> yeah. and then, and then, I feel like I've been retired for a long time. It, how did we get, okay, so, so many questions. First of all, the, the programming side, what, what's the actual study at the U? Uh, computer science. Computer. So computer science, took a four-year degree there while I was taking computer science. Uh, going from second to third year, there was a grant from the small business uh, center in oh, here in Ontario to open up your own company. So um, before I had even known known about that grant, I had started talking to other companies. So I went ahead, applied for that, uh, got into that program. It's like I don't know, they accept like three or four people out of however many apply, and they were like, okay, cool. We don't have anyone who does software. We'll take you in. They give you some money to get started. So. I took that. I basically pocketed it all because I didn't really need the grant money. <laughs> I didn't need the grant money for anything. If they're listening like, right now, I mean, if they're listening, it's over. The money's gone. They, it's in Vegas. They, they should have known. They should have known. Like, I didn't need, you know, a $1,000 desk and a $2,000 laptop and X amount for advertising. I didn't spend any of that. You know, I took that and was like, okay, that goes towards my business, whatever, whatever I need to do. But like, I didn't, the startup costs, I fudged them all. <laughs> Amazing. Care. Amazing. And you're open about that, which is great. Cause if they're listening, it's over. It's in Vegas. Let it, it go. guys. It's been a long time. I think, uh, <laughs> statue of limitations. Yeah. What's the do we have that? Limitations? I don't know if we have that here in Canada. <laughs> I don't know how that works. What is that? What's the, spe is there a specialization in the computer science department? What, did you say that? I, uh, yeah. Specialization in software and engineering why did you pick that like why do you why did that come to it, your mind it literally doesn't matter it just sounds better so i was just like <laughs> okay it, it sounds cooler but honestly i haven't had I, I don't even know where my like nobody has ever asked me for a degree asked me for a transcript asked me for anything in my life i can make up anything i realized you can just <laughs> make up whatever you want and people will believe you but like i, I wouldn't do it but I've never, ever been asked for any qualifications or certifications. When you talk to people, you can tell if they're competent or not. You can right. figure out, do they know what they're talking about? Is this guy, like, is this guy bullshitting you? Is this guy a developer? Is this guy just talking out of his ass? Like, you can tell really quickly if somebody has no idea what they're doing. Which is kind of funny because at the early stage of, let's say, like, my engineering job, everyone has a degree. Yeah. But I know a lot of them aren't competent. 
Oh, so like it's the complete opposite. It's like okay, you have this little ticket that gets you through the door, but it's like once you get through, wait, 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 wait. We realize we hired this guy who fucking actually doesn't know anything. Yeah. So I was thinking that a lot near the end of my schooling. There was uh, there were so many people who were graduating at the same time as me, and I was like, man, like these guys. Some of them were dumb. Right. Like they were. I yeah. They were dumb people. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I can't believe, I don't know how you're, like, they couldn't yeah. solve some of the most basic problems that you have in computer science. Like, they couldn't figure out, like, recursion or object-oriented programming. And for developers, like, you know, you can't not know that right, kind of stuff. Right. And they went, like, some of them went on to do their masters and get PhDs. And I was like, that's that was insane to me. I was like, all right, well, there's, like, nothing productive happening here anymore. I want to go do something else. Right. I also remember in engineering, there was a lot of dudes that cheated. Oh, yeah. And then, like, they had... You know, they didn't care. Like, they had friends and family at companies, and, like, they'll get you through the door. Did you ever cheat on anything? Of course. Who didn't? (laughs) But, like, not to the point where I would actually, like, know nothing. Like, if I was cheating, I was just trying to get a little extra bonus, whereas, like, some dudes can make it four years through, like, (laughs) cheating on every test, like, on every single exam. So my strategy for getting extra bonus, you know how how people say if if you don't ask for anything, you won't get it? Yes. Every single test. You were a kiss-ass. I wasn't a kiss-ass. I would just go up and ask for more (laughs) grades. I would just be like, hey, uh, I think this might merit more marks, and they would just be like... All right, here you go. Wow. Oh, I got I got grade point increases, like all kinds of stuff. Like I, I had we had one quiz one time. Me and my friend, you know Demir. Yeah, yeah, of course. So me and Demir, we were doing uh, just some stupid math quiz. I got two out of ten, and he got uh, eight out of ten. He was just laughing at me because uh, I don't know why, but he was laughing at me. And I had wrote penciled in the actual answers, and I just went up to the front and I was like, "All right, like you know." Two is pretty pretty shit. I was sure, like, sure. On, yeah. Like, can I get a couple more marks? Whoever it was was just a TA for the day. They looked at it. They thought my penciled in answers were the actual answers. Gave me ten out of ten. Came what? back to Demir and I was like, "Show you got to ask, man. You just got to ask." Our education system is gone. <laughs> what are we doing? Are you kidding me? I I remember a story or I remember a time when uh I got a test back in like I think it was like calculus or something like that, and like my mark was really good. It was like ninety, and I was like. I know I didn't do this good. Something's up here. So I go and get the test and like they get let you look at it, whatever. And usually you have to return it. But I look at it, I'm like, someone didn't like do the numbers right here. Like I definitely got like 60. <laughs> I take that crumple up, fucking put it in my coat. I walk out, I go outside, light that thing on fire and like never look back. Nobody has to know. <laughs> no one has, no to. One has to well, know. Well, now if you want to check my uh, calculus, it was, still wasn't great. It was like a C plus, but, <laughs> but it, it helped me out a lot there. You know, it, it meant a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, you if, if, if you're going to get uh, some luck thrown at you, yeah. don't throw it away. <laughs> okay, so you get that computer science degree where do we go from there you did you actually have normal jobs like a cubicle job or no um not really so i went straight into the business uh i worked for or with a couple of different clients some of them were were interesting uh the main one is uh an auto or a company that provides automotive designs to automotive companies here in windsor and i Mm -hmm. built this very large base company management system for them that kind of takes care of all of their internal company operations and then their customers log in and request parts and all these kind of different things. So that's actually still going. That's like one of my biggest clients that I'm still developing wow. for today. How long ago? This is like five years? Six? Oh no, this has been like almost 10 now, 10, 11, Whoa. something like that. So yeah, that I'm actually really proud of that. That system has like stood the test of time. Like I built it going into my fourth year or something like that and i'm like i'm i'm happy that that that's come along so well because i spent countless countless hours developing that so that's what i'm proud of um and yeah and it's still going 
but then I worked with like some other people. I got, did some side jobs, some websites, a guy who was doing this thing where he tried to reinvent vinyl record, uh, vinyl record sales, not reinvent <laughs> vinyl records, but just like bring vinyl records back. And it was actually a good idea. Vinyl records started coming back, but, uh, there was just like two other big sites that were already right. so far ahead and he just didn't have the, really the resources to compete with them. But so I did that for a couple of years. Saved up a bunch of money and uh, wait. Sorry, to interrupt you. It's, it's contract work. You just did it like when you do show up to an actual place or did you no, just no, do it I, from home. I've, I've always worked remote. Like, oh, I don't bloody, think... you figured it out so long ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I told you, I've been retired for a long time, man. <laughs> God damn it! I told you, I've been retired for a long time. Well, it gives you that fucking confidence to just say like, whatever. I'm not gonna take that because you easily, with your degree, could have gotten a, a cubicle job at 100k and and just never fucking care, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just never. I, I always felt like. Uh, School was like a really, really annoying responsibility where you, it felt like we, we both have, we both have foreign parents. So you feel the sure. pressure to kind of, uh, finish that off and impress someone. And then when I was, when I was done that, I was just like, all right, I don't want to play, I, I don't want to play like this, uh, responsibility game. In fact, what I wanted to do was eliminate as much responsibility as possible. So that was kind of my goal for a little while was just to to be able to eliminate anything that I didn't have to do. So I didn't, and I also wanted to work for myself. I didn't want to go into places or be obligated, like be on a, be on a someone's schedule bitch. for anyone. Yes, yes. Yeah, I didn't want to be on a schedule for anyone. And now like, now I like, like, I, I like being on my own schedule. It took a really long time to kind of discipline myself to get to a point where right. all of those things that you get from an actual work position, you, you do to yourself, but it's voluntary now. It's not forced and maybe that maybe a little bit more structure would have been good for me at the time but I was just I was done with with uh any rigid structure and I was clever enough to be able to not have to continue doing that because I had enough opportunities and I've never been a person to really care about um uh, about money or being flashy or, right. or having like really nice things I mean it's not like I don't do well but I, I just don't care about... It won't motivate to, you, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't motivate me yeah. in, any, in any way. Like, a nice car is just a car. Like, I don't I don't think about it in that way at all. So, I, I knew that that didn't mean anything to me. So, I just went for, for the other route of, instead of going for, for money, going for freedom. So, right. you, can, you, can pick, you can pick a number of different things that you can have, but you can't have them all. Right. It's a weird... It's an interesting journey because you're not really taught that in school. You're taught to use that degree to leverage a job... Whereas you're using that degree to leverage your own kind of freedom and whatever you want to do. Exactly. You can you can do it with a job as well, but some of the jobs don't let you do it. So it really depends. If you get into a good place and you do have the nice work-life balance and it does pay you well, then all the power to you. But not a lot of places offer those opportunities. And if you want to just have the ability to get drunk five days in a row and <laughs> go party with your friends when you're 23, 24, right. or go to Vegas for two weeks or do whatever you want. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you can't do with a company. So if you want the ultimate freedom without the responsibilities, you got to do it on your own. Right. And so how many people really reach that? It's such a, it seems like such a, well, now it seems like it's actually growing before it seemed like you're a crazy person. If you told someone, yeah, I'm not really going to do anything with that degree, like job wise and in terms of actually going and getting a benefits and all that shit. I'm going to do it on my own. I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. The age of uh, being self-sufficient is increasingly upon us now because the opportunity to do something like a, a high level podcast is 
a, a big media production that you dirt cheap when you got a friend that has all the equipment and, and he doesn't ask for anything except beers. It's actually amazing. I mean, yeah, I guess the, just the cost of beer, you know, that's amazing. Have a beer, seek. Don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> so the key there is to meet good people. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's all. That's always the key is building like good, mutually beneficial relationships. Right. Um, Mutually beneficial relationships is something that I didn't really think about a lot earlier on. And then I started thinking about it more and more later because I was always like, uh, all right, I'm just going to I, I want to do these jobs, but I don't want to really rely on anybody. And I don't want anyone to rely on me because I didn't want to have that responsibility. Right. So that was a big thing that changed later on. I started adopting more responsibility uh, and accepting that as kind of like a growth thing and finishing up my 20s and being done like partying, going on massive vacations and all this stuff. Right. Not that I'm not done that. You know, I just got back from Thailand, but <laughs> he says that as he just came back from a four yeah. month long vacation. <laughs> what a lie. That as I <laughs> what a lie that is. My oh, God. Geez. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's how it goes. Uh, one guy on the pod uh, said to me, your net worth is your network, which I didn't really think about for such a long time, but like, it makes sense. You, the more people, you know, the more opportunities like you present, right? So any skill that you have that you can solve someone's problem is such a powerful tool and especially with like computer science or anything like that that's so in demand people are always looking for someone to you know solve those problems yeah i agree there's <clears throat> I, I think that um that computer science is one of those skills but there's also a lot of uh a lot of room to grow now for creativity because so many people are doing so many more creative projects the the globalization of the internet has created a, a situation where so many people's creative abilities are able to be utilized all around the world. And, yes. and I think that that's, that's really cool to see. You can see a lot of, a lot of good ideas coming from a lot of different places in the world. I like that a lot. There's also a, like a double-edged sword to that uh, equation because, you know, yes, uh, having a remote job and remote abilities gives you more opportunities, but it also gives you more competition. So, Oh yeah. So you have to find a way to, like we talked talked about earlier, like that niche, your ability where you can kind of stand out or be amongst the leaders in that space. Because even if, like, let's say you're a good video editor, like, what does that mean? Because there's video editing for dog videos. There's video editing that Seek does, which is like six hours of a sixty second clip. So you have to find a way to find that niche. What's what's your let's say niche? Uh, I don't know specifically what my niche is. I think. That's a in, tough one, eh? This in terms of in terms of software development, uh, I'm pretty pretty okay rounded. I, I don't think think of myself as a, a great software developer. Like we we have a guy on our Warp World team, and his name's his name's Ross. And now this guy is like the most well rounded developer I know. Like I can throw anything. Like I was telling you about that uh, that scraper I was making to grab email addresses earlier, and. Um, I showed it to, like, I worked on it for, like, 10 straight hours one day. I was just like, all right, I'm banging this out. I'm doing nothing else today. This is the only thing I'm going to, like, I'm going to work on. Right. Finished it up, sent it to him. 50 minutes later, he rebuilt it, like, six times better. I was like, no you're way. just such a genius. Yeah, no, anytime I have questions, I always go to him. But it's awesome when you're working with people like that because you're like, holy crap, like, you're you're a specialist in so many things, so many different things. But I wouldn't consider myself really a specialist in anything. I think I'm just pretty well-rounded. Like, I'm good at software developing, uh, good at software development in general. I can do front-end, I can do back-end. I'm good at database, um, database work. Um, yeah, but, I, I mean, it's, it's not just software development either. Like, I feel like I do a lot of other things as well, especially now that it's sort of more towards the business development side of things. And I should point out, your brother was actually on the podcast before we yeah. did one. Uh, your brother's a streamer. 
And you guys are working together, obviously, on many projects, I assume. That's true. And you were streaming a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. I streamed for, like, <laughs> three years, three, four years. Okay, that's not, that's not a little bit. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. No, I streamed a lot. I remember I tuned in one time. We're trying to figure out how, where to invest. Like, I was literally just figuring out investing for the oh, first yeah. time. <laughs> and we're it. talking with the stupidest fucking <laughs> shit on there. That was hilarious. I'm like, can you look up the stock, bro? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. He's like, okay, this is the, the dividend payout for this one. I'm like, one step at a time. That, that was that was hilarious. It was like <laughs> peak peak stock market time, like right when everything's hitting the top. <laughs> Dude, you called Wall Street. You called uh, GME stock. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we were doing it. Dude, you called GME stock well, a week before. It was, well, it was just like all I was seeing everywhere was people talking about it. So everyone was like, buy in now or don't buy in. And I was like, here we go. We're just doing it. It was already like, ten, it, it, it already like 10x. It was like four, it was like $4.00. A month or two months before that, and by the time I bought in, it was at forty dollars. Oh my! And then God. I sold at like two hundred something. <laughs> we were just, we were just fucking with it. Too. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this I is just a game based on like social media hype. I completely like erased that memory out of my mind for some reason, but now I remember it so vividly. I was tuned into a stream. <laughs> you were on like Wall Street bets, and I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "Oh, it's like some fucking bros betting on shit, losing money, yoloing money." I'm like, "That seems stupid." Like. What are they going to do? Like, what's these guys seem like fucking idiots. Just like a little backdoor, like, lobby. Literally, like, three days later, Wall Street bets makes fucking GME stock go to 250. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I, I remember you, like, oh, Steve's buying in at 40. I was like, it's too fucking late, Steve. 40's like, yeah. you're missing. <laughs> well, it was. It was. I mean, even 40 <laughs> is too ridiculous. I mean, but, but that stock doesn't have. That's just, like, that's, like. That was a, a random one-off. That's what's it called. Uh, that's, like, tulip mania where people still haven't forgot that it's tulip mania. It's, yeah. It's insane. So, okay, if you finish uh, university, you start getting some contract work, working for a bunch of different people. Where do we go from there? Uh, live at home, save up a bunch of money, buy a fourplex. Four, four condo, what's, sorry, fourplex. Fourplex, a four-unit apartment. Oh, four-unit apartment, okay. Then before the boom, I assume. Before, yeah. Well, My before God, bro, what <laughs> the fuck? You got the, what's, what's the next one? <laughs> so, then a month later, uh, I... I had to put, okay, I had to do this a little tricky style. Uh, I was already maxed out on my leverage for what my loan would have been based on my personal income. What my, the max amount of loan, what the max amount I could get loaned to me was for my personal income. But okay. they weren't taking into consideration the income that was coming in from the fourplex yet because I had just got it. So it, uh, they need to see, they need to see two years, no, the banks need to see two years notice, notices of assessments to, Evalu to, to give you that as, uh, okay, you've been making this income for this long. This right, is fine. this is stable. Uh, so I got my I got a job working with, it, it was a contract contract job, and this was one of the only two times I went to an office, I think. <laughs> okay, okay. So it was like a three-month thing, and I went to the CEO, and I said, okay, look, I just need you to give me this offer letter saying, because he's like, yeah, I was like, I need you to give me this offer letter saying, like, Steve's working here for yeah, this Yeah, more much. for the bank he can, and loan. He can, he's like, a full-time position right. was offered to him. So I showed that to the bank, and the bank's like, all right, well, we can give you some more money. So right after I bought the fourplex, I bought my house down the street, and then I rented out the unit, because I moved into one of the units. And I just figured out it was cheaper to... Yeah, why do you need a house, right? Like, I'll just live in, like, a smaller... No, no, no. I, ch I, I left the unit and then moved into the house oh, because it was I cheaper see. to pay... Uh, the, the mortgage on the house was cheaper than the rent no at, way. The, at the unit, and the house is a duplex, so I was making more money. You're a fucking monster. Well, so that's, like... And then I didn't have to do shit if I didn't <laughs> want to. Like, I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I Like, that That was, like, early. That's why I say... I what, what year was that? 
before 2013. Oh my god, bro! Right, that's probably like quadrupled in value already. Oh yeah, everything's stupid. Like I, I don't even, I don't even look anymore. It doesn't. Oh my god, are you, are you? Okay, this is a conversation I was having with someone else. Are you worried that the crash is coming soon, or that some sort of recession is coming? I, I'm not worried. I'm anticipating it. Like you're excited. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Just an opportunity <laughs> to buy more. You know. Like the people are really like really overstretching themselves. I think I, I I think everyone kind of forgot what their lifestyles and their spending habits were yes. like back when they were interest. allowed to do things. Like yes, the amount of people. You know which which one uh, I, I think about a lot that not a lot of people consider. How many people have lost how much money at the casinos? And oh, all buddy. that money is just like going back into houses or into renovation yes. projects. That's all the, that e- extra income went into for the last couple of years was all into renovations, into rental yes. properties, into investments. Like you can't even find a place anymore that's not fully redone. Like to find something that's like a fixer upper is pretty difficult because everyone's been doing fixing upping for the right. last two years. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, these, I, I don't know. I, I think in Canada, it's crazy. Like who's gonna, I, I wouldn't. Like if I, if, if it was my, if I didn't have something here right now, and it was an opportunity to buy, there's no way I would pick a Windsor house for more money than a California house. Preach. Like, yes. I, I would just never do it. I, I would I would leave the country right away. Okay, this is okay. This is a, a bigger topic that I, I'm sure people are fucking annoyed that I bring it up every time. But it's, it's a big trend. I think it's moving in this direction. I'm just curious what you think. So as we're seeing more remote jobs cop up, we're also seeing the counterculture. Oh, bosses don't want you to be, you know, working remote. The other people had a little taste of remote. They don't want to go back. So you're going to see a lot of reg- resignations, which I think long-term will continue leading to more remote jobs. I think that's a standoff, but okay. it, slow growth over time. So what is going to happen, which there's a book, uh, which I still haven't finished. But it's called The Sovereign Individual. Basically talks about the shift that countries will have to make in order to retain people. Whereas before... Where you're at is kind of where you're stuck at. Your job is there. Your family's there, blah, blah, blah. You can't really leave easily. Mm-hmm. Now, if me, let's say, hypothetically, my wife have a remote job. What is keeping me living in Windsor, Ontario, paying the outrageous fees that you know come with living here, as opposed to a, any other place in the world that could be just as nice and like one-fourth the price? I agree. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I, I saw it a lot in Thailand. Like there was a lot of uh, what freelance or like a lot of expats. Yeah, a lot of expats, but also also just uh, just people who were. I, I met. There was this one girl specifically that I remember. Uh, she is from Detroit, and she works for a nonprofit fundraiser. She went to Thailand directly before COVID. Uh, all of her works in Detroit, but it was all remote when right, COVID yeah. started. So she stayed there for a month. And then just hasn't left and is still living there with her Detroit salary at a Disgusting. fraction of the cost. Disgusting. She so. lives in a villa for like 300 bucks a month. <laughs> I know Thailand. Yeah, Thailand. You can get a sunset villa for like 400 US dollars a month. Inflation's hitting there too, but you're oh, right. You can. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Okay, enough of the boring stuff. Tell me about Thailand because I've also been there. I loved it. It's really nice. I didn't really think about living there, but now looking at the prices here, anywhere on the planet looks better than here, to be honest, <laughs> if, I, if I'm being truthful. The, the prices are getting crazy. I mean, yeah, no, like you, like you said, I, I know people here, like friends who are also considering like, okay, time to start looking elsewhere because there's no opportunities. Right. But yeah, Thailand, it was the, 
the ability to get get out of the winter was what I wanted the most. And the second that I got there into the sunshine, I was just like, oh my God, this is, really, I, under- yeah. I understand why people. The mood changes. There's oh, something about everything, your, everything, everything changes. Eh? Like I, I was instantly feeling 10 times better every single day. That, I don't, I don't want to go through that season, but and that's what I'm going to do soon is just find a place, whether it's in like. Anywhere. You want to come spend? Yeah, whether it's. <laughs> <laughs> Seeks. Now, Seek is now hearing this for the fucking eighth time. Yeah. Let me convince a guest. No, 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 no. I'm just waiting for a visa. But, you know, yeah, come on down. Come on I'm, down. I mean, Nine down. months of summer, you know, relatively low cost of living with a lot of, like, Thailand is great because it's very on the outside and it's, like, a fraction of the cost. However, I feel like event-wise and stuff to see, if you haven't, like, if you haven't seen a lot of Europe, you can't really go wrong with, like, either Spain or Portugal, even Malta. Like, any of these, like, You islands. sound excited. Dude, I'm just, I am hanging on by like a fucking thread. Man, like, I am checking my email every morning. I refresh like eight times from the embassy. Seek, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta write like some preemptive letters in case this goes bad for him, you know, just stuff to keep his head up. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna be devastated. Honestly, I'm gonna jump off the ambassador bridge. If he's I don't gonna, he's gonna either. get the letter. You're gonna be like, the okay. Amount, the amount of times I've heard about this, I think I already got some ready to go. Like, <laughs> for sure. He has enough. Yeah, he has enough for material to work with. <laughs> Wait, no, escaping the winter is actually, like, insane. Like, it, the, the mood difference, it, it, like, I don't know, the happiness. If you don't care about money, like you said, then six months of the year here, you're kind of miserable. Yeah, yeah. Right? I like, mean, there's no escaping that, is there? Uh, the, the only thing that was, it, especially, especially when COVID hit, that, that we couldn't play basketball anymore. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Able, not being able to be active in any way, that's... I can't handle that. Like, I can't handle not being active. But also, just during the summertime, I like to be outside. I like to go for a lot of walks. I like to take breaks. I like to sit in the sun. I just I, I just like to chill in the sun a lot. And uh, it, it boosts my mood, boosts my productivity. It definitely yes. boosts my productivity. Like, yes. I, I'm feeling way better. I get way more done. It's, it's noticeable. And then I started... Uh, looking into some research on how uh, like how it affects general productivity and general happiness levels of most people. And I thought to myself, well, I never really thought about where I want to live. I think instead of just letting it be determined for me by where I am, I should actually make that decision. Right. Well, sooner than later, right? Yeah. It yeah. gets harder as you get older and you get more responsive. Well, then again, I don't know if you have someone around you that can pack up and go. It's not really... I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah. It's true. I mean, if you if if you want it or if 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 you're looking to act, if you're not scared of making changes, you can do whatever you want. Like Right. And a, lot, a lot of people who are competent enough, they can just go ahead and, and do anything they want in any part of the world. Like they'll find opportunities. Right. Not everyone can do that, but I think that there's a decent enough amount of opportunity within this world right now where I'm very confident, you know, to be able to go anywhere and and be well off without having to worry about it but that being said i don't want to leave windsor completely because there's a lot of friends and family of around. i just don't want to be here of in course. the winter uh, yeah that's <laughs> fair fair okay so thailand yeah tell me about thailand four months there during covid yeah they just well, don't give a fuck i assume it's actually three and it ended up being perfect left the day before lockdowns got started here oh so we we're we- actually so sorry to interrupt you before that means sergey played basketball outside during lockdowns or yeah. whatever I've never felt weirder in my life playing basketball with my friend. Like, I had to look over my shoulder, make sure that... Because, like, cops were driving around and telling people to get off the courts. Oh, really? It was weird. And this is what would happen. <laughs> people would... The cops would go to this, like, Forest Glade court. They would tell people to get off. Like, they can't play, whatever. The strictest... This was the strictest rules at the time. And then they would just drive to the courts in the villages and we play there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it was it was that, that summer of COVID... Uh, 
the cops actually caught us breaking into an abandoned building because some of the neighbors saw us like going in. It was like this old, uh, old arcade Palladium. Oh, place. sick! Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we came, we came out of like we were okay. So we were day, <laughs> we were day drinking, having a good ass time. Allegedly, up, yeah. As, as I get enough, I don't know. Yeah. The legal team allegedly. I don't allegedly, fucking, I fucking say it. I mean, we already, we got caught. What's there? To <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not oh, like we didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> so we were drinking at my house. We went out for a walk, had, uh, went to the, stopped at the LCBO, got a bunch of beers and some Fenchu. And yes. then there was apparently this cop who was trailing us from the LCBO. And we, I'm like, there's no way they trailed us. Because we went through right. a lot of alleys. We were just having fun being goofballs. And then we see this opportunity to go into this giant empty building. We get in there and then we walk out. And honestly, I cannot believe how many cop cars were available. There was... This was a raid, like, an FBI raid. Eight, <laughs> like eight cop cars and police officers with their get guns on the ground, out. Get on the and we're like, man, we're like, it's cool. We're we're just having a couple drinks. We were exploring. It's fine. And I don't know. One of the guys like ended up knowing me from basketball. Another one ended up knowing uh, one of the guys yeah, that was yeah, with yeah, us yeah. from like hockey. Sure, and we were sure, just sure. joking. And then they were, we were make like we made we were, we became friends with them just because we were joking. That's so funny about like their dogs and stuff. Like the police dogs. Like, can you do this? I'm like, can I pet them? And then the cops are like, what are you doing? Doing, man like you can't pet the dog i'm like well you never know if you don't ask yeah of course that's a that's a fair statement yeah oh yeah so that was that was recent i can't believe they sent that many cops i i had fucking i had tenants like stab each other and that many cops didn't show up what yeah i i'd like for you to go on with that story if, if you might oh, it was a crazy time <laughs> like there was you can't just say that and just it was, a, cra- it was a crazy time there was there was yeah, just a normal tuesday <laughs> There was, uh, how did it go? There was a tenant and her boyfriend lived in one upper unit. And then uh, there was another tenant who was started stripping and she lived in the top in the unit across from her and they were in the both upper units. And the one who started stripping ended up having the other tenants boyfriend come to her place to stay with her. And basically, this is a Maury Povich episode. What is yeah, this? Yeah, basically one <laughs> one night it was like around one one thirty a.m. I get a call and it's like, okay, there's one of the downstairs tenants called me. They're they're like, there's something crazy going on. People are screaming, yelling's happening. I go over there. The boyfriend was in the strippers' apartment, who he was apparently had moved in there at that point. Uh, the other girl went crazy, grabbed a knife, stabbed her in the chest. She was wearing like this white, like this this white uh, sparkly uh, kind of dress that that um, like had like these ruffles to it. So all the ruffles were like covered in blood and like the sparkles. Bro. And there was blood. Like it, it, what the it fuck? Was, it was white. <laughs> it was it was white, <laughs> but yeah, it looked it looked like a like a horror movie type Holy thing. Holy like, shit. God, Damn, that's wild. And they're like, like, damn, I don't know if Red's going to come in. Yeah, no, it was just (laughs) just just nuts. But like, yes, if you get into like, then I had like a police car show up and an ambulance. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess that's fine. I had other situations in the past where like, I don't know, one of one tenant's 
husband or not husband like somebody who she was seeing from the states he like had a knife and he was going crazy Jesus and I call- the cops wouldn't even come for that one i was like this guy's being crazy he's trying to threaten everyone with a knife the though. boys trying to play ball and they got like a six-man squad coming in i thought you're gonna play with us i'm like no, no no wild. yeah and then, then they show up for that kind of stuff they show up with eight police cars for a couple guys just like having fun having in fun an in an building. abandoned building yeah but that's all right man that kind of stuff happens abandoned building tuesdays what, what they don't know come on dude <laughs> that's when I started hearing like all that, uh, like all all of the people saying defund the police. That's just like man, they're I don't know if that's the move. Fun. Yeah, but like, they're that's not, not funded. The move. You, you, wait till you need them, and they're like, we don't have people. Like Detroit knows what that's about. That's a wild. Yeah, those are wild people. I don't even want to go into those idiots. All right, Thailand. We got sidetracked like three times. We got Thailand. How was Thailand? Like, three times. All right, fuck, fuck. We went to Thailand. <laughs> Let me give you a quick rundown of how that went. So we went right at the beginning of COVID. It was awesome. We spent a full month in Patong. And uh, Phuket and Patong, Patong Beach area. Yep. Uh, that was wild. We met some cool Australian people there. Uh, and basically, I just spent the whole time there partying and getting into really good shape. Then we went to the island. You would see, you would think those are kind of hard to keep together. Yeah, but if you're dedicated, <laughs> you can do it. All right, fair, fair, fair. I was like, I was like those are two very uh, different things. Like, how are you going to drink every night and then wake up and work out every day? Uh, sometimes it was hard. Okay. <laughs> sometimes it was hard. Okay, so, you did you work during this time or no? Yeah, I was working part time. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, so uh, the deal was, or the situation was that while I was there, it was part time work because it's hard to, it, the, it's a 12 hour time difference, so it's yeah, hard yeah. to be on with everyone. So it, it was part time was fine, but it, it would be really impossible fair, to do full time. Carry on, you were having fun with your Australian having friends. Having fun with my Australian friends. One of them ended up coming to see us afterwards. We went from, uh, from Phuket, we went to the islands, so we went to. Our favorite island, which was Koh Tao, and that's where it's like a scuba diving island. There's everywhere scuba diving resorts. We actually ended up going to this one resort that was completely abandoned. And I'm talking like this massive, and it was only abandoned like at the beginning of COVID. So you could still see the remnants of like how amazing it was before. Like the swimming pools and everything still look pristine, but it's just like getting weathered down and nobody's maintaining it at all. Oh, man. Is that one of the islands where there's like that crazy murder? Like there's like the bunch of there's a bunch of places in Thailand that have had like tourist murders. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was Koh Samui maybe or Koh Phangan. It's a different Yang. one. I don't. I'm not sure. So Koh Phangan is the uh, the full moon party island, and we did that too. So we went from mm. Ko, uh, from Koh Tao to Koh Phangan, and then we went back to Koh Tao. So the full moon party is also like wild. It's just like uh, basically like a mile or like a two kilometer stretch of beach where everyone comes to gather for the full moon and. Anything goes on that no beach. Like, it's way. just insane. Pirate Island. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. It was like uh, there's a, that that was a really fun time. There was this there was this one guy uh, in our first month in Patong when we met all of our Australian friends. This random guy just came up, started talking to us. His name was Charlie, and he's like, "I was supposed to meet some girls." He's he's British. He's like, "I'm supposed good. to meet yeah. some girls here. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know where they are." Can I party with you guys? And we're like, yeah, absolutely, Charlie, come party with us. And then these girls came up, and we're like, oh man, these are prostitutes for sure. <laughs> like, we're like, hundred percent, these have to be prostitutes. We're trying to get into this tuk tuk. Do you guys know what tuk tuks are? You know, uh, right? yeah, it's the three uh, or the like the bike with the guy in the back. No, just... no, 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 it's like the little mini bus. <laughs> it's like the little mini. It's bus. the little. Oh, it's a mini. I thought it was the guy driving the thing, and you sit in the back it's with. Oh uh, no, that's. Oh, well, maybe I'm racist or anyway, it's, it's, it's very like, possible. It's like, it's like a little I'll mini bus it. with like a whole speaker. Like, most of them have a speaker system in the back. So okay, I didn't know what this was. I'll, I'll look up to they're it. They're fun. So we, we find like, we, we find a guy with the tuk-tuk. Charlie's with us. He's, or he was with us. We think he's going with his like, his 
two girls somewhere else to do something else. So we're like, we're on our way to go to this secret after party because they close everything down at uh, at nine o'clock due to COVID over there. They're really strict about oh, it. Wow. But one place specifically had no rules about anything. Like they were like, the only rule was no cell phones at all because like they didn't want the right. government finding out where they were. I took mine out just to like be like, man, this is cool. Like sending a Snapchat. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like sending are you, a Snapchat. My guy, are you allowed to come back to Thailand? Be honest with us. Oh, I am. Dude, okay, I'm okay. telling you right now, there's no rules in Thailand. I'll tell you what happened here. So we go, we go to get into this tuk-tuk and Charlie, Charlie's like, can I bring the girls too? And we're like, Oh shit, we didn't even know he was coming here with, with us. So we're bartering with a guy to like just take six of us. Now there's nine of us in here. Like the Instagram yes. videos are crazy of like all nine of us partying on the way there. We get there, we're partying, all kinds of stuff is happening. Like we, we, we're getting bottle service. Uh, one of the Australian girls ends up like stealing another full bottle on the way out of the bathroom. It's ridiculous. And I'm just thinking like it's in this massive hotel with this big pool in the middle. And I'm thinking, like, I want to go swimming right now. So I just go to the security guard and I ask him, how much trouble would I get in if I jump in this pool? He's like, oh, you can do that. I was like, what? <laughs> what? You no you one's, do? yeah. I was like, why isn't anyone else <laughs> yeah. in the pool? He's like, I actually, I don't know. So I'm like, I, I grab all the people that were with us. Now we have, like, a party of, like, 10 or 12 people. I'm like, we're going swimming. I jump off the bridge Come into on, the Snoop, pool. Through the back. So There's gymnasium. At this point, we, like, we, have, we have all this liquor because, like, the girls found yeah, a place course. to steal bottles from at the back. And then we're, I'm jumping off the bridge. People started skinny dipping. And then it just started getting wild. Eventually, like, that night was probably the second wildest in Thailand. Damn, you know, in many people's, that'd probably be a, a number one in, in their lives. Yours is not even a top. Yours is not even the first one in Thailand. Dude, the Australian guys ended up having a whole second night that I wasn't even a part of. One of the guys lost his phones. They went back to find his phone, and they ended up having like a, 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 a an, an excursion that I can't even explain on this podcast because yeah, it wouldn't be allowed. We wouldn't. Okay. Well, <laughs> fuck, off air, off air, we'll talk about off that air. one. Fair. So you enjoyed Thailand, you had some wild times. Absolutely, I learned how to fight a little bit, got my ass kicked by small Thai guys. Yeah, that's, they'll do that to you. Oh man. I, Did you go see a show? Was there shows at the time? Like the Muay Thai, um, Muay Thai fighting? Uh, no, they, so they were actually, while we were there, while we were training, they were uh, building the stadium around oh. the boxing ring. And I really want to go back because the guy that I was fighting against, or fighting against, training with, was going to be fighting competitively in dude in you got to go I back. really want to go back dude, you, and but see you, you got to go to bangkok and that's where you get the best shows yeah so when i went to bangkok i didn't know what to, to expect but i'm like okay we got to go to a fucking muay thai show of course so we would get there around eight you get front row tickets for like 20 bucks that's like awesome. i was like i could get blood on my face for 20 bucks I'm like this is unbelievable <laughs> what a bargain so the show starts at like eight nine and it starts like with like 12 13 year olds i'm like this is really odd like, they start this young? This seems absolutely ludicrous. This seems like Mortal Kombat <laughs> shit. So these little kids are fucking, they do, like, the ritual. They have everything. Like, there's a, they're like a, it's like a thing they've been doing for who knows how many hundreds of years, right? Yeah, so yeah. there's, like, a whole ritual to it. There's, like, a dance and everything. And then in one corner of the arena, mind you, this is an arena that could probably hold, like, like a Spitfire. Is like, it's huge. These fucking older Thai guys just screaming and throwing money and shit and gambling. Like, just, like, degenerates. Like, this is awesome. It's the best. So, anyways, degenerates just, like, fucking yelling, making sure, like, they, they can get their bookie, their money before, their like, the, yeah, yeah. their bets in. Bro, these kids will wail the fuck out of each other. I'm looking at, like, this 12-year-old. I'm like, dude, this guy would beat the fuck out of him. This kid's, like, <laughs> he's, like, like, a black belt in fucking Muay Thai, and he's, like, 12. So, as the evening progresses, I'm like, this is insane. I'm watching, like, two 12-year-olds knock each other out yeah. for 20 bucks in the front row while these fucking old men are, are gambling degenerately. 
the evening progresses, the age groups go up. So like the talent level goes up. So you're at like 13 to 15 and 13, 17 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> and we finally get to like 19-ish where we're talking about dudes going to put like professionals in other fucking sports, right? This random like white dude comes out like looking like a karate kid. Like he's got the fucking headband. I'm like, this is wild. This guy is just like doing his own thing here. Please tell me he was good. Okay, so here's what happens. He comes out, and I'm thinking, like, dude, he's first of all, he's in hostile territory. Yeah. Everyone is booing everyone. The world's against him in this place. Of course it. Is. But he comes out, does his dance. I'm like, this man's confident. I like this. Like, if I had, if I knew how to speak Thai, I would put some money on this guy. Another guy comes in, the Thai guy, also looks confident. They're fighting. They're fighting. I'm just drinking. I'm like, this is a. I, to me, it's like a trip. I'm not high, but I think I'm tripping. The man does a spinning back fist, knocks him out. The white, the white guy knocks out the Thai guy. The Thai, the Thai guy drops like a stone, like this, like falls backwards like this. <laughs> the white guy does a Mortal Kombat-esque move after, like to celebrate, and then he's like, I'm like, that's the evening. We gotta go. We gotta go. That was the finale. <laughs> that was the, the guy is, they had to stretch room off. It was wow. a spinning back fist. I still remember it to this day. I'm like, it was so clean. I'm like, this is wild. This that's is impressive. This place is like Mortal Kombat Island. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so good. I don't know if it's for everyone. Like, I can't I can't recommend it for, like, the Karens. Oh, it and, sounds like it's for me, though. But it is for you. Yeah. Yeah, I would. That that sounds fun. That did, sounds you, fun. did you... What else did you do in Thailand? Anything else that's crazy? Did you see a ping pong show? No, I didn't go to a ping pong show. So, like, you were just saying uh, say, saying how they had the, the 13-year-old, 14-year-old kids fighting. Right. Our Australian friends, they just got back from shooting guns. And they were like, there were children who were giving us our guns. We go to the back. It's... In a very busy area in the uh, in Patong Beach, so it's a very busy area. They just shoot at this wall. There's just like these 13, 14 year old kids. They give you their your guns, but before they show you how to use them, they just blast no at the wall fuck. a couple times. They're like that's how you do it. They give you a new clip. They give it to you. Ten seconds later, and you're done. I've never had an interest in shooting guns. I don't know. I just don't care about that. But it's it not that wild. it's not that i did it once it was it's, it wasn't like that crazy but that scenario sounds absolutely ludicrous yeah that's what they were that's what they were telling us about that night i was like that sounds ridiculous you know what thailand is i just i have the perfect metaphor for thailand i want to hear it have, have you seen westworld uh only a little bit I only watched so the first westworld episode. is a show where like mega rich people go and pretend to be in the west where yeah. everyone's a robot yeah Thailand is that for, like, the average income white person. <laughs> That's true. Like, you can just go there and be whatever you want, do whatever you want, and for you, you're, like, in Disneyland because, like, you have a little bit more money, so you can literally live for, like, a thousand bucks. You can live like a king there. That's true. So And, and there's, like, almost no rules, which is Westworld. Westworld is Thailand. That's a really good analogy. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That That does sound a lot like Thailand. Yeah, I, I guess I, I, guess, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where we go from that. that. That's what I, that's what I've been saying though. Like coming from Thailand to back to regular Western culture, it's just like the amount of rules going on here. It's hard to get used to all over again. Are we are we oppressed? No, but what are we? I don't know. We're somewhere in this weird medium where it's like you can't exaggerate the expression, but you can't also underplay like what the like stupidity of this place. I mean, you can't do it online but in general you and if or if you're being recorded but in general <laughs> if you're just having normal conversations right. with people i think that's what a lot of people don't remember when they're having conversations online is that like not you're not you're not always having a conversation with ten thousand people or, or everyone able right. to see what you're saying if, if you're with a group of 10 people here like if there if there's no cameras nothing on no microphones yes. you can say whatever the fuck you want because it's like a more intimate private 
private conversation and you can, you can get ridiculous and make those, you know, the jokes that you're not supposed to make and say the things you're not supposed to say. But once there's a camera or once there's a microphone, it's like, Oh, now 10,000 or a hundred thousand other people could get in on that or not even that much. Just say like a hundred other people could. Sure. You don't want like, then it becomes like your reputations at, at stake and all this kind of stuff. So that's just, that's the social age of not being able to do it just because of where we are with our technology and yeah. how often that we're, how often we're being recorded. I also think it's a, like most things is a pendulum. One side gets too crazy and then the other side pushes back and that side gets too crazy. And that like, it's, you can, you can spend your whole day being pissed at the left or the right. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's going to swing back. If it goes too far one way, it's going to come back. It oh, always it, does. That was what I was most annoyed about. Like at the beginning of, or at the end of 2016, after the election, I was just like, Oh man, like yeah, this this extremism sucks, but yeah, I can see the other side of the extremism yeah. swinging right now. In a couple of years, it's going to be real annoying. Right. <laughs> it, re- it reminds me of there was this uh, South Park episode. I can't remember. It was like six years ago or something like that. And I forgot what the episode was about, but it was like extreme. I think leftism or something, extreme racism. Uh-huh. And there's these two farmers. They're just like from a distance watching. And they're both like just like very calm. Like, yep, looks like we're doing this again. <laughs> the guy's like. Yep. How long do you think it'll be? And the guy's like, well, last time was about six years, so I'll give it about six. I'm like, that's so perfect. Like, It, it is. It is. You can get caught up in that shit. You can waste your whole day, and it's like it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't yeah, and then you get like that small subset of people who stay like in their extremes, but everyone else kind of comes back to the middle, and they're not the middle, the median, and yes. they're just like, oh, we're tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get exhausted, man. It's just, it's like a job. It, it's... I can't do it. Man, being on just Twitter alone is exhausting. I tried to like... I removed myself. I couldn't do it. Oh, it's just, too much. This year, I just tried to post more on Twitter just to start writing a little bit more and putting my ideas out. And I was like, all right, I'll like I'll tweet about something once a day. And I was just finding myself like looking at crap. Stupid shit, yeah. And then, you know, just being angered about nothing. And I, I had like a couple general rules like don't ever directly criticize anyone. Don't uh, like... Uh, Try try to always stay positive. I don't know. I have I have like this list of like five basic, pr- pretty simple Twitter rules that I would just follow. But I would just like end up being angry after for no being reason on there for twenty minutes. I like that was not worth my time at all. Well, I mean, if you think about what those algorithms really are, they're designed for you to do that because hate they farming, know hate well, farming algorithms. It just it's actually really like common sense stuff because if the algorithm is designed in a way, it's like okay, this person is engaging with this fantastic let's give them more of that and if you're engaging in mostly negative stuff which you would human nature wouldn't you know if, if you have 100 comments you're gonna answer the negative ones usually or you're not gonna notice the good ones well yeah you're gonna notice the. so they're just gonna be like oh he loves to fucking argue with fucking karens on the internet send more karens at him <laughs> and there's never a like a shortage of karens you can argue with that's true so i don't know um also let's i guess we were talking about what you, software stuff what are you most excited about going forward what are you working on right now uh working with a so the company that I'm working with right now, uh, the big company is called Warp World, but the main thing that we work on yeah. is called Crowd Control. So uh, was Warp World a podcast? Warp World was a podcast. Okay. So Warp World did have a podcast. Damn, for, I didn't research that. Though. I just know Mickey was doing that yeah, for a while. Yeah. Like, they they did have a podcast for a long time. It was Grand Pooh Bear, Jakku, and X Water, my brother Mickey. For people was, that don't know, this is like Mario community people. Yeah, that this are is Mario community. Mario Maker. Well, maybe people know Grand Pooh Bear. He's pretty fucking okay. huge now. All right. It's like, he's actually getting massive. I can't believe it. Oh, how, shit. Okay. He, he just did a subathon where for every sub he got, it extended his sub, the, the, time that he would stream by an extra 60 seconds i think he went for like 
19 straight days like he would he would have to record himself sleeping because no. he got so many subs and they would they, they wouldn't let it end he, he had got, a sub every 16 seconds for 90 60 seconds 60 but, seconds for 19 yeah days. so if somebody let's say donated five subs that'd be an extra five minutes oh imagine how much money that is oh, i don't want to it's a lot okay I well know the congrats to him very no, no. High. <laughs> fantastic good let's not get sidetracked here <laughs> my god what okay what are you working on so uh the comp the main thing that the company works on now is a tool called crowd control and it's software that lets us uh that lets the audience of a streamer interact with the game that the streamer is playing so let's say you're the streamer yes and you're playing mario 64 i'm the viewer I can send an effect to your game that lights your pants on fire. In the game. In the game. Not literally. I'm like, Jesus no, Christ. No, not literally. <laughs> That's too good. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, literally it would be hilarious. But <laughs> they actually, uh, That would be how I to write that Yeah, down. yeah, in the game, like lights yeah, your pants. Sick. Or I could inverse your controls or turn it to like ice physics or instantly kill you or give you lives, all kinds of cool stuff. Damn, dude. You took my idea. I had this idea like 10 years ago, bro. Did you? That's uh, Actually, not really. Sort of. Not not at all. I lied. Um, I was going to say, that's a No, I had it. No, mine was different. I When I was starting doing like FIFA streams early or FIFA content in the day, I was just like trying to fit because the game got a little too easy for me. So I was trying to figure out ways to make it more difficult. Yeah. So I would set my own challenges in a depending on what happened in the game. Obviously, I didn't have viewers, so it's not like someone could come in and give me money to like, bro. If you told me to do it, in the, if you were a comment in my videos, like sick, bro, I'm doing that. <laughs> I got guys. This video is a recommendation, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what you guys wanted. But no, it was like uh, I don't know. It got you too easy. You asked and I delivered. <laughs> yeah. This is what the people wanted. Your benevolent god, <laughs> Nelly, here with the content you asked for. <laughs> no, it was it was much lower level. It was like I would like if I conceded a goal, I would have to put my hands in ice for thirty seconds, and then oh. I have to play like the next whatever minute with my hands frozen. That out. sucks. Or like I'd have to play through like Elgato, which is like a millisecond delayed. Which have is you, like, have you done any uh, any extreme ice bathing bathing? No, I haven't. I'd like to. You want to come over? Like just me and you, or yeah, I got same a, tub. Okay, bro. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a I got a freezer in my basement that I fill with water and I do ice baths in it. Yo, if you stop that sentence at I got a freezer in my basement and do you want to come over? I would honestly have way more questions. But I yeah. mean, you could clip that whatever way you want it. Take that out of context, ruin my whole Steve's career. Companies right now, if you're listening. All right, yeah, I'm down. actually I'm terrified, but I'm in. No, so uh, what what I, what I do is I have uh, a bunch. Of, usually, well, we were doing it last summer, but then I left for thailand we stopped we're gonna get started again but on sundays we usually do a big group workout like there's like ice bath sundays it's ice back that sunday <laughs> so i have a gym in my basement and then we do uh okay we do a workout and then after the workout hop into the ice bath and then after that we'll hop in the hot tub let's go i'm in i'm Sounds in fun right yeah I, I need a sunday workout i'm in all right there you go we can record that'd be a funny video i'd shit myself not literally <laughs> But the think about your favorite song because you need something to really you need something hype, to hype you, you up. To hype you up. So yo, I actually do have one in mind. Song is. Okay, good. It's it's actually a Spanish song. It's a Spanish song. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's fire. It's I know it sounds ridiculous. It's called uh, "Me Tengo Ir." You're gonna have to. Me tengo I, I, I'm excited. It just to means hear. I have to go. That's all it means. I'm excited to hear. Anyways, the I, dude, the fucking idea though, that's really big, right? You think that has tremendous potential, obviously, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. We definitely do. We're betting big on it. Like we, who's we, you? Is anyone using it besides your brother? Anyone that you've kind of reached out and, and trying it out, or is oh this yeah. still early beta phase? No, no, no. The software's it's dude, done. It's big. It's like it. it we have we all streamers last year streamers made over a million dollars. No fucking way. Yeah. That's amazing. It's it's well beyond the prototype stage now. Um, yeah, we're gonna be doing uh, hopefully our Series A round of funding this this year. Can uh, I invest or what? It's up. 
uh, if you have enough money, <laughs> fuck, how much? Fuck, you might need to sell a fourplex to be able Shit. to get. It. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't know you're doing that well. Okay, yeah, it's going. Can it's I get like point zero zero one percent or something? I feel. Like I don't know. I'll see if they'll throw you a bone. Let's but. go. All right, carry on. I'm just fucking. I'm trying to get this on record, folks. Do you want to? Someone pull out a paper, get them to write this down. Yeah, I actually. That's sick, though. I accidentally have the authority to do that, so don't get me drunk enough to make that decision. <laughs> get another round of whatever. Steve no, wants just, to like throw away his multi-billion-dollar no. company right here on the pod. That'd be hype. No, it's cool. It has it has a lot of potential. We have a lot of people really interested in it, and the gaming space is growing significantly every year. I'm sure you know. Of course, of course. So it, it just seems like a, a, an opportunity that. It's not the only lifetime opportunity that exists. There's lots of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, but it's like when you see them, you have to kind of take them and run with them for a little bit. So this is one of those, like, okay, see how far this can go, how big you can make it. Put all of your effort into it for a little while and see see where you get. Like, I really, I'm I'm really excited about it, but it's not it's not just the software or the idea. It's really the team that that yeah, you're working with your friends and yeah, yeah, and it's uh, these guys I met in. September 2017, we just went to Chicago and got together and said, like, okay, we're all, we all stream and we all make, we're all software developers. Let's make something cool. Let's make a, let's make a company out of this. So at that time we just, you know, had some rough contracts. We're like, okay, cool. We're going to start a company. We had all these ideas. It started as a queuing system for Mario Maker. Uh, The CEO, Jakku, he made this thing called multi-queue, and it would allow... Uh, do you know how Mario Maker works? Uh, I've seen a I'll couple of I'll explain it for the people who yeah. don't. So Mario Maker, you can make your own custom Mario levels. Right. So viewers would make Mario levels and submit them for the streamer to play. There was no, There's no in, uh, in-game in system to submit levels for somebody to play because they don't think about streamers. Sure. The, the Nintendo Mar- yeah, thinks, Nintendo doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah, they don't stuff. care about streamers yeah. or media. Or, or <laughs> multiplayer or whatever. Yeah, yeah I know. So... Uh, so he made multi-queue, which was that system, and we went off that. We were thinking about expanding it, bringing it to different mar- different types of games. We talked about it. We basically spent like that that weekend, like four days, coming up with the, all these ideas, trying to think of different things we could do. It evolved into a couple different projects. The uh, you know what Animal Crossing is, right? Of course, yes. So Animal Crossing. This was in uh, twenty. What was it? Twenty twenty. March or something like that, that it started to get really, really big. And that weekend, uh, Jakku and Ross were like, there is no good currency system to exchange your turnips. That's like your in-game system exchanges. Right. That weekend, they got together, they made Turnip Exchange, which is a site that lets you visit, that gives you the ability to visit other people's islands and share codes amongst each other. Wow. Within the first month, it had a million viewers then it became one of the top 40 websites in the world for a short period Are of time. Are you great? Are you high? And then it just started no making fucking way. ridiculous amounts of money. Like, ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, and now it's just like, we're not really doing anything with it, but it's making ad revenue and Patreon revenue. So it's nice. We're still providing the service, but right. there's not really anything else to yeah, do Yeah, you can't it. really expand it much further. Yeah, but it was like, that was like a cool idea that they yeah, spontaneously brilliant. came up with. And then Crowd Control like came into the mix in around 2017. We started... Uh, like crowd control really started to become a thing. It went from prototype stages. We we did it with a lot of charities and events. Uh, actually, right now is uh, St. Jude month, so they're raising a ton of money for, for charities. We always raise a, a lot of money during St. Jude. We just did our event that brought in uh, over 60K. Wow, and then, good for you. 
And then for the, the whole the whole year, like uh, the, the amount that we raise for charities just like blows my mind. I'm just like that. So so many people are so generous in their time. The amount that right. streamers, the amount that streamers are willing to do charity streams, and the amount that viewers are willing to donate for charities, it just blow, blows my mind how generous people can be with that. Well, they have a trust with the people that are, they watch hundreds, of, if not thousands, of hours with the person. And if you're gonna donate to someone, I feel like the average person doesn't do too many donations. So when opportunities come up with someone that you really like and trust, you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Good yeah. cause. I'm already watching the stream. Supports them. Supports everyone. Like, it's perfect. It's a Absolutely. Perfect and then crowd control is like the incentive to make it right. fun for you too. It's like people will it's donate, such a perfect but if you give them an mix. incentive, yes. they're like, yeah, we're in. Like, not only are we going to give you $500 to kill you, right. but we know we're giving it to charity at the same time. That's actually, that's, so does the idea come from, because I remember in the older days, Mickey used to have a bunch of different like things he would have off streams like roulette fucking boards and all this crazy <laughs> shit going on where you can donate and then you spin and a random event happens he has to do it or those those were just incentives that that he had um so there's some some of our competitors do some some stuff like that where you pre-make cards for streamers to do certain events like the way you said if somebody right, commented right, on right. your video like do this you pre-make cards and if one of those cards comes up then it shows on your stream your cool your stream basic though you cool but basic yeah. yeah yeah so we're trying to get a little bit more technical with it like directly working with in-game inter integration so you that's actually sick. change the game that's that's being played so like imagine you're playing fifa and your controls instantly go backwards you're like sure okay this is fucking hard it might actually make that game playable again <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I think that's what I remember from your Twitter is that I you hated hate it. FIFA. Dude, it's <laughs> it literally, yeah, well, that's another podcast. Um, we've done an hour, believe it or not. I think we have, close to it. Oh, so, wow. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do this again. If I'm here, great, we'll do it here. If not, we'll do it remote. Sounds good. Because um, I want to hear more about the, the idea and where it's going to go from here because that's really cool. Like, that's... That's some next level shit. It'll grow. It'll grow. I have no. I have no doubt in you and your abilities to make that thing blow up. It's not. It, it's the other people, man. Oh, I, really? Okay. Well, I, I have no I'm doubt just, in the team I'm around you. I'm along for the ride, trying to steer the ship a little bit, as, as well as I. You're can. just trying to have six months in Thailand. And you're, you don't care <laughs> what happens after. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm actually so happy to be back, though. Like uh, getting back into the swing of things. Vacation for too long, it seems right. nice, but you get you get bored of it. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. You it's don't like wanna... getting that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean gold. Coin, you're like, oh, I can't die. And exactly, fuck, I can't die. Fuck, can't die. <laughs> well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the pod. If you're plugging something, I don't know, socials. Where are you on? Are you doing anything that I'm not? I'm not plugging anything. My my name plug on something. everything plug is Navitz. N A V E T Z. Okay. So I'll leave you can your... find me on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, if if you like Dota content, you can check out my YouTube. Okay, beautiful. Navitz at, on YouTube. Beautiful. Thanks for being on the pod. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, man.